Welcome back to Tip Today. Now, Katie O'Donovan is a graduate journalist who has been with us here in Tip FM for the past five months as part of a Learning Waves journalism graduate programme. Now, as part of the programme, she had to create a short-form documentary focusing on areas of either sustainability, climate change or diversity inclusion. And I'm delighted to say that Katie is with me in studio. We finally dragged you into the programme, Katie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. And we'll be very sorry to lose you. You're 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 leaving us then tomorrow, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, tomorrow is my last day. So look, no, I'll be sad to be sad yeah. to be heading off. I've had a great time here. I've learned so much. So yeah, T- tell me about your decision first of all on journalism. Um, why why journalism? Um, I think I've always just been very nosy and very questionable. And like I've, my mum will tell you, even when I was four and five, mum, what's this? Why does that do that? And <laughs> I think I've just always been like that, asking questions and wondering things. So it felt like a kind of natural thing to go into. And as well, I love talking to people and telling stories. So I feel like the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what brought me into it. And tell me, what did you do before? I mean, this isn't your first career, really, is it? Well, it is. I mean, is I'm it? only I'm only 25. I only finished college two years ago. Did mm. a master's last year during COVID, mm. or the year before last, during COVID. So, um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to get started now in, in ah, my career. Very good. So was it always journalism that you were looking to then? I think so. I mean, I went to college. Well, when I was applying for CEO, I was kind of like, I don't really know what I wanted to do. And then I did um, new media and English in UL mm. and then realised, yeah, this like, journalism writing, is that's what I'm good at, where my skills are. And even my teachers at school would always have said, oh, God, you've got very, you're very good at writing. Mm. My, I think my sixth class teacher was always like, oh, you'll write a book someday. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll ever write a book, but <laughs> oh, <you laughs> it wasn't too well far do. off. Yeah. And do you, I mean, when you broadcast journalism, it's quite different to writing for newspapers or the like as well. I mean, were you able to, to judge which which uh, particular form you, you'd prefer? Yeah, I think I think if you'd asked me before I did my master's, I would have said radio only, that that's what I want to do. Mm. But having done the master's, I've realised as long as I get to write and tell stories, I actually don't mind. If, if I'm in paper, if I'm in, if I'm in broadcast, it doesn't. Right. I'm happy either way. And when you say tell stories, are you talking about telling other people's stories or are you talking about opinion or what, what form? I suppose other people's stories in the sense that everything has a story and everything, you know, there's a story behind everything. So I suppose just getting kind of behind the headline, if that kind of makes sense, mm, yeah. you know? Yeah. T- tell me about, I mean, 25 years of age, for God's sake, horribly young, as I say about everybody <laughs> of that age. But it's interesting because journalism does give you a window, a particular window to what's happening in, in, in the world. And I'd love you, your opinion on this because we've been discussing it all morning. A lot of negativity out there. A lot of people your age heading away to Australia, mm-hmm. even though there are jobs here now, which is a, a another different kind of emigration. What, what do you make of it all, Katie? I mean... I think having jobs here is one thing. That's that's fair enough. But if you can afford to live here on the wages you're going to get, then I don't blame people for going away. I mean, there's the amount of people I've gone to school with who've who've gone away to Australia, to Canada, to America. It's you know, it's it's like nearly every weekend someone's having a going away party. And I think, like you say, having a job is one thing. But if the cost of living is too high and rents are too high, right. how can people stay? And is that the general opinion among people your age now at this point? I think so. And I think as well, I mean, young people have always had the urge to travel. People have always gone places. So I suppose maybe it's a bit of that to think, oh, when I go when I'm young, I might as well before I meet someone, have kids, whatever. Um, but I do think, I mean, it is, if you're trying to rent anywhere, it's it's ridiculous. Like, And you can't stay at home forever. Right. So Yeah, because we found, I mean, even in difficult times when, when we were building a house, um, it was easier, even though money was scarce and jobs were scarce, but it was easier for some reason. Really, you know? Yeah, I think, I don't know, I think it's because 
just everything is more expensive. It isn't just, you know, oh, it's just food is expensive. It's food, it's fuel, it's energy. It's if you're building a house, it's cost of building. It's all these things. So I think, I don't know, I can say obviously why it seems harder now. But I, I think, do think it just does, you know? Mm, yeah. When you had a, a choice where your documentary uh, is concerned, I mean, you had choices, sustainability, climate change, diversity, inclusion. You chose diversity and inclusion. Why so? Because? Um, I think, like I said, I just wanted to get behind these headlines of people coming into Ireland and hearing, you know, you hear, you hear a lot of negative comments. And I wanted to show that there is people behind these stories. There is actual people who have feelings and who maybe in some cases, don't actually want to be here. I know one of the women, well, mm. obviously she wants to be here, but in the sense that she came from Ukraine and she, they never planned to move. Mm. They didn't plan to come to Ireland. They just had to because that was what, right. that was what happened. They were happy, I presume. In oh the, yeah, they're uh, happy, obviously happy to be here now. No, but, no, but I mean, they were happy oh, in their life before the war. and all Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But they never planned to move anywhere. Mm. Only that they had to when Russia invaded them. Does it concern you about, I mean, we get it here on the programme all of the time. Does it concern you that people are very divided now in terms of you know, asylum seekers and refugees and there's a lot of anger and we're, we're seeing the protests as well. Um, does that concern you? Yeah, it does. I mean, I think people obviously in this, in one sense have a right to be concerned, have a right to be worried. Um, but at the same time, there's no need for anger and hatred and protesting and fighting. There's, there's no need for it. And especially mm. on social media, you have, I think there was a story that came up on Facebook a few weeks ago and it was like, oh, this a woman was attacked and it was it was an asylum seeker and it was definitely him and then it turns out that they arrested an Irishman first. Yeah, it was and completely wrong. Yeah. It was and you've totally got people sharing this that yeah. haven't even, they just see it on Facebook and think, oh yeah, that's fine, that's true. It was definitely this person or that person. They don't actually look behind it and realise, oh, you know, Irish people do yes. commit crime as well. But are people falling for rhetoric like that, do you think, Katie? Is yeah, it, is I that think the so. the danger, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, like you see, it's on, it's everywhere, it's on Facebook, it's on, it's all the social media sites. So I think, People don't. People are too quick to take something for like for yeah, at face yeah. value. They don't look into it and think, well, maybe there's another side to this, or maybe this is just a lie. Yeah. The other thing that concerns me, and you know, I think again, referring to your age, people your age, you're not political in the way that, say, students were back in the seventies and in the sixties and stuff like that. Or have I got it wrong? I think there's a certain group of people who would be, but not. I suppose not as much as it would have been back in back in those days, no. Mm, where students would protest yeah. on political issues and uh, on... I suppose it takes a big issue now to get people out. I know there was big protests over student accommodation mm. back last year and things like that, but it really only does come to issues that affect students. It's not like they protest over mm. something in the world that would have happened like back yeah. in the 70s or whatever. Because what's worrying me is that rather than protest about it, you know, young people are just taken to the aeroplanes and they're going away. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it looks a lot like that at the moment. But I suppose there's also a sense in, you know, you can protest all you want, but what what's it going to do, really? Yes. And is that the general feeling out there, that you'd be wasting your time? How can you change things? I think so. I think yeah. so. I mean, look, people do say, oh, the government needs to do this, th- this, that and the other, but how, like, how do you get them to do that? I, I don't know. Tell me about your short form documentary. Tell me about the content and what can we expect? Because we're going to hear it uh, very soon. Tell me about this. Yeah, so I went to Nakanawali Resource Centre in Tip Town, which is near where I live. Uh, and I spoke to four women about their stories of moving to Ireland, what brought them here, what challenges they faced. So I spoke to a lady from Ukraine, like I said, the Solomon Islands, uh, Romania and Syria. Mm. So there's before the four women talking to me and... I'll kind of give little links in between as well. Right, and we're going to have a listen to it right now. Did Were you surprised by any of what you heard? Um, yes and no. I mean, it was nice to hear 
this personal side behind it and it was always it's always eye opening when people say you know oh we came here and we found this community that we didn't know was out there and, and you know when you live in a place like I'm I'm from Tiptown I've lived there for well most of my life not mm. all of it but most of it and you you see the bad sides but you don't think oh yeah people do come here and make a life and are happy here we tend to focus on all oh, the stories of the traffic and the shops closing down yes, and the dereliction yeah. but it's nice to have your eyes opened even myself from people who say oh yeah it's we came we found this community and all these friends and things mm. like that all right let's have a listen to this then this is a uh, Tipperary Town Knock and Raleigh Resource Centre which have been they've been doing tremendous work there yep. for, so, for so many years as well Katie it's great to see you and we wish you the very best uh, with your career going forward Thanks, as well. thank you um, this is Katie my name is Carmen I'm from Romania my name is Katerina and I'm from Ukraine hello my name is Betty and I am from the Solomon Islands I am Nada I am from Syria it's a long way to Tipperary but for these women who have made the premier at their home it was a journey worth making. Amid wars, financial struggle and unrest, Tipperary has offered a welcoming place for people to rebuild their lives. I met four women at Tip Town's Knock and Raleigh Resource Centre to find out what struggles they've encountered and how the centre has helped them integrate into Irish society. The centre receives funding under the Social Inclusion and Community Activation, or SICAP, programme to support new communities as well as disadvantaged ones. Katerina from Ukraine told me about her experience fleeing from her home following Russia's invasion. So we didn't plan on moving to Ireland or any other country, but it's happened uh, that we had to leave our hometown in Ukraine after the war started. Therefore, we arrived in Ireland in a state of shock. In Ukraine, we say it's like my, our might in, in the fog. It's terrible. And we uh, were confused, didn't know what uh, awaits us and how to live on. When we got off uh, the ferry, we were greeted by people with smile on, on their faces. It was so nice. Uh, there in the port, we were issued all the necessary documents and uh, offered us uh, accommodation in a good hotel. We were very, uh, we were very uh, pleasantly surprised and it was very important for us to feel this care and this support. We are the refugees and uh, Irish uh, realizing this try to help us uh, in everything. Uh, the people who helped us and still help us are amazing. We will be grateful to all Irish people for this all our life. Nada from Syria also had to flee her home due to the outbreak of war. It was a difficult decision because of changing life from one to another going toward this unknown future. It was not easy because language to adapting and building social relationships. Betty from the Solomon Islands found herself making tip her home after meeting and falling in love with an Irish man. Uh, it was a huge change for me moving from a third world country to one of the richest countries in the world. Modern technology is getting to my country, but most of the people, including my family, they still don't have electricity or mobile phones. And they still go fishing and hunting for food. It's all fresh food, eat today and tomorrow they'll go out looking for more food. 
Carmen from Romania moved here after her husband got a job in Tipperary. I had very interesting this experience in Ireland because uh, the people were um, very welcoming for me. <laughs> yes, and because I'm starting to uh, understand uh, Irish culture, very interesting. Of course, leaving your home for any reason is difficult, but couple that with having to flee from an invasion makes it all the more daunting. It's very hot and um, I, I can't say that it has become much easier now. We have to start our life from the scratch. In new conditions in another country, I'm so missing my home, my parents, my friends and my usual life. It's really very hot, but still I think we are very lucky. We are surrounded by wonderful people who help us a lot of in everything. We now live in very good conditions, uh, for, for which I thank uh, the owners of uh, our apartment in Tipperary. And before that, we lived in a farm near the Tipperary. I also want to say a huge thanks thank, uh, to these people for creating the most comfortable uh, conditions for, for us. We are really uh, very grateful for it. We are trying to bring our emotional uh, state back to normal now. I think we need some time to adapt. No matter what led to these women making a home in Tip, people were central in helping them settle in. I have been living in Tipperary town for 14 years now and I have no bad words to say at all about the people of this town. They have been so good to me and they made me feel comfortable to live in this town. And I am so grateful and I'll always be grateful for this opportunity that I have to be able to be part of this community. Uh, everyone uh, was uh, always helping. Uh, there was difficulty uh, waiting uh, in the reception to get a house because they're in uh, no private uh, life uh, or stability. It was uh, easy because um, I wasn't alone. I'm with, uh, here with my husband. Uh, the only thing I can say that it's a pretty small town in the Perari here live. My husband lived here uh, five years, work here, and now together, easy. It uh, happened easy and fast uh, enough. Tipperary is very uh, com- compact and uh, cozy city. It has everything you need. Everything is close by you can can walk. For us, it's very important because we don't have a car yet. But the most important thing uh, that allowed uh, us to quickly adapt uh, in this city is the people we met here. Even though these women have made Tip Town their home, what differences are there between Tip and their home countries? What different I like the most is uh, that um, everything in Ireland starts working from 9 o'clock <laughs> and, uh, and later. Schools, kindergarten, shops. In Ukraine it's uh, 8 o'clock. Um, I just don't like, um, I hate, I, I can't <laughs> get up uh, very early. Called the weather and language area <laughs> sunny and uh, summer. The differences between my country and Ireland are forms of transport. In Ireland, we have lots of buses, cars, trains. In my country, 
there are very few cars and only the rich people have cars. My family walk everywhere they go. I know that people in Ireland walk as well. And my family paddle a canoe from one island to the next. They go hunting and fishing for food. They cook on open fire. They have kerosene lamps at night time. Their medicine is the back of a tree or roots or leaves. And we build our houses with sago palm leaves and bamboos. First of all, the main difference is on the food. <laughs> the food side and the second is this weather. All time rain is very different from <laughs> Romania because always rain. So what helped all these ladies to settle into their new town and community? Coming to Nokonroli Resource Centre was a great help with me to settle in Tiberi Town. I brought my children to a parents, baby and toddler group with Helen Buckley. And I also joined a parents support group. And that's where I met the friends that I have now. And I'm still meeting new friends. My first support uh, was uh, my husband. After my priority was to learn this English in ETB here. And uh, super support was Teresa here. Good lady. I would say not what, but who. Zaya, mm, Teresa, Anna, Polish woman who helped us. Uh, Galina, Ukrainian woman. Friends. Uh, neighbors and uh, my brother in uh, Nicole Rolly uh, with the group uh, helped me uh, through uh, learning and uh, uh, building uh, skills. And that's Katie O'Donovan's piece from uh, Tipperary Town's Knock and Rolly Resource Centre. It's a, it's a great piece and most interesting uh, listening. There should be more of that for us to get an understanding, I suppose, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I do think so. I think. Like I said, we're we're too quick to judge and say, oh, but sure, these people want to come here, they want to be here. And people will make awful comments about them, but don't realise there is people behind them and they do have feelings and just like the rest of us, really. Mm. Were they welcoming to you? Um, oh, very much were so. Were they? Yeah. And, and you had no problem getting them to chat to you? Or? No, not at all. I mean, look, there were some people, I suppose, who didn't want to talk. Mm. And that's fine. I mean, anyone would be nervous about being on radio. It's, it's mm. a natural thing for many people. So that's, you know... It's a natural thing, I think. So, but I'm just glad with the ladies who did speak to me, and I'm I'm very thankful to all of them. Very good. You wanted to say thanks to people in particular, didn't you? Yeah. So just a big thanks to Teresa Normoyle. She is the psychap worker there. She put me in touch with all these ladies, and we set up interviews and and chats and that. And of course, thank you to Betty, to Carmen, to Nada, and to Katrina for talking to me as well. Very good indeed. So what now, Katie? What uh, will you do? Um, well, I have a job lined up, so I'll be starting there on Monday. So very good. I won't have much time to, to relax now after I finish up here. <laughs> right, very good uh, indeed. But you enjoyed your experience in radio. and uh, yeah, 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 no, loved it. Learned yeah. so much and it was great to be, it's great to learn by doing rather than sitting in the class and being told, this is how you do it. Right. You okay. learn by actually doing it, which was very helpful. I'm sure it was indeed. There's a whole other aspect to you. But when you came here first, Pat Murphy told me, oh, Katie, she knows about cars. <laughs> um, and as you know, Pat and myself, we're, we're big fans of motor cars. But uh, wh- where did all of that come from? 
from? I mean, you're able to repair your car and look at Well, out. I'm learning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think, again, I was just always interested in when I was small. I used to have a big bag of toy cars when I was little, so... Tomboy. Little, uh, little ki- letting, yes and no. Yeah. I was a kind of tomboy, but a girly girl at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I have a, a 93 Mazda MX-5 that I'm working on at the moment, so... Lovely That's car. my passion project for the moment. Is it indeed? And what you're you're restoring it uh, yourself? Yeah, pretty much. So I bought it uh, a year ago in December, and it needed a bit of rust repair and brakes and servicing and all the rest of it. So did that had it on the road for kind of end of the summer last year. So hopefully to get it on the road now, maybe the spring this year, get to enjoy it a bit more and fix things as they come up. Great indeed. I can't imagine you all covered in oil or something like that. But, I know, it happens, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Katie, it was great to see you today and uh, great to have you for the last uh, five months as well. Thank Look you, yourself, won't you? Thanks very much. And if people want to hear that back, by the way, will that be made available to the public? Yeah, I mean, if you want to podcast on the website, that's no problem by oh. me. I'm happy for people to hear it. All right, OK. Thanks very much indeed, Katie, and we wish you well. That's Katie O'Donovan, graduate uh, journalist, and she's been with us here as part of that Learning Waves journalism graduate programme as well. And that uh, particular short documentary there on diversity in Tipperary. That's about it uh, from me, uh, but uh, don't forget, of course, at any time at all, you can email us, and that's tiptoday at tipfm.com. Emma produced Ellie, looked after our content today. Stephen is on the way with the Time Tunnel, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.